0: If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage, and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses. So read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. Betashares Capital Limited is the issuer.
1: Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev.
2: I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance,
0: save time, capital, and grow your business.
1: Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks,
0: growth strategies, and methods to help you grow.
1: If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course.
0: Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We
2: also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each
1: episode. Let's get into it.
2: Daniel, episode two of the Small Business Structures in Australia.
1: Yeah, exciting. How
2: are you feeling? Good, good. What's been happening this week?
1: A lot, a lot. So we're busy as usual, which is good. So working away, doing the same old thing, but we're also tr- sort of dabbling into that AI space now a little bit. Um, so we're trialing a new software just to help us out with the advisory sense of things and, and implementing AI into you know a bit of the reporting and helping us sort of process – more data which has been it's been fun Mm. it's going to be super interesting if that software works because we'll be able to roll it out to the masses at a fraction of the price well i think it will just help us help more people Mm. because at the moment advisory just takes up a lot of time yeah so if we can scale and you know more or less do a do less prep with the same result we can just roll it out to f- far more people and help mm. far more business owners than we do now.
2: Yeah, for sure. I guess before we jump in, do you want to give everyone a, a rundown of what that advisory stuff is? Because it's a question we do get a lot um, and just, I guess, a high-level overview of what business advisory is.
1: Yeah, so I think business advisory as a term is is quite loose. Um, so I think a lot of people have different definitions for it, do different things for it. Well, so at Grace-based advisory, what we focus on is... The business from the outside Mm. so we help business owners separate themselves from technicians and become business owners because that's generally step number one of sort of starting to scale is taking yourself off the technical side of things and start operating a business so for example um, we do sort of like a bit of a not a course but it is slightly structured so step one for this financial year is sort of what we internally call like a three-hour business plan where it's a one hour prep where we do a lot of the prep work and learn about your business based on your online presence. Number two, we do the meeting, we go through all the questionnaire. We, we get you thinking like a business owner and then step three, we put a report together and that is generally a basis for the meetings to come from pricing to performance to margins. Mm. So um, for us it's just helping you step out of the box and start more or less running a business and making more money.
2: Yeah. So that's a that's a super good summary of um the business advisory service. So if anyone needs any help, um feel free to reach out. So today in part 2, we're talking about partnerships and joint ventures. So last week we went we ran through sole traders and just the basics, advantages and disadvantages. Now, natural progression, we've got partnerships and joint ventures. So in terms of partnerships, Daniel, do you want to give our guess a bit of a rundown of the three different types or what they are and how they work.
1: Yeah, um in summary, I think in my own words, this is the sole traders of working with more than one person. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't write it down on our sheet on purpose. I was like, "Oh, you better not take this." <laughs> so this is the sole trader equivalent of just having or working with someone else. Yeah. Really cheap to set up. It's more just an ABN application same as a sole trader. Um and you there's no real reporting in the back end you don't need any you know fancy written agreements you don't need anything else except an abn you're more or less good to go you can go get your bank account set up and you're rocking and you're rolling um in terms of sort of what type of partnerships you can have um you've got like your normal general partnerships where everyone's sort of equally responsible um there's no real structure behind it um like a sole trader you are personally liable so you and your partners are jointly and sort of severably liable for all debts and liability within that partnership so for example if you know for for whatever reason it was your partner's debt but signed up in the partnership your partner decides to go on a uh, one-way trip to overseas and you're stuck with that debt it's yours yeah. There's no sort of very, very league, very little legal scope to actually get out of that because you, you have joined up as, as a partnership. Their liabilities that are business related are now your liabilities as sort of the partner. So then we've got the limited partnerships. So this is made up of sort of a couple partners that more or less like invest into a business mm-hmm. that don't really participate in sort of the um, the day to day management of the business. These aren't very common. No. Usually this happens as like a, a corporation level. Yeah. I know it's there to be done. I don't know about you. I've never actually seen one in practice. No, no. And same as the the third one as well with an incorporated limited
2: partnership. It's not something you generally see in our space, in the SME space. Nine times out of 10 or more than that, nine times out of 100, it's a general partnership. Um, I guess, look, we can run through what a limited partnership is. It's where the, the partners in it, they have limited liability for the debts of the business but under that limited partnership, there must be at least one partner with unlimited liability. So I guess in layman's terms, if the business cannot meet its obligations, the the general partner will be personally liable for that. Now, again, it's not something that we deal with every day. And I think for all the listeners, the main thing and, and the main um, discussion points today are gonna be around that first one, being a general partnership. Uh, because the other two, it's far and, far and few in between.
1: Yeah. They're more done when, you know, different brands that have, you know, a bit of value start to team up on long-term projects. Yep. Um, very uncommon in sort of our line of work, really. Yep. Um, so for, I think for most listeners, the most appropriate, you know, conversation point would be that general partnership because it's so easy accessible and it does have its benefits. Yeah,
2: for sure. And I guess one of the main benefits is how easy it is to set up. Like like we went through last time with the sole trader, um, you can do it online in terms of reporting like you touched on, it's super easy. There's nothing really major. Although there's no reporting requirements, it's still important to know if your business is profitable.
1: Well, I, I know I know they're saying there's limited sort of reporting requirements, but it does have its own separate tax return. That's yep. the one major difference between let's say a sole trader yep. where there's no separate tax return. A partnership does have a separate tax return, but the partnership does not pay tax, right? And really, really important to know Whatever the profits are, are then distributed to the partners. So the partners will pay tax themselves based on their portion of profits. Mm. So tax rate for Jordan might be different to tax rate of Daniel, even though we're in the partnership at the same income. But it all depends what happens outside of that partnership as well as in what rates mm. you're paying. So it's really, really important to know it's not like a fixed tax rate. Yep. in a partnership, it's just a distribution and you pay it personally. Yep, for sure. Um, Not including GST, that is income tax. GST is reported within the partnership and paid by the partnership.
2: Yep. In terms of setup, um,
1: separate tax file number,
2: um, separate ABN, in managing the day-to-day business, it's shared control and shared management of the business. Again, you're gonna have more than one person in there if it's a partnership. It's not like a sole trader where it's just you and that's it there's two minimum two people that are responsible for the day to day operations um, and again, yes, you don't have to prepare financial statements, but again like you you'd, you'd want to have some type of accounting software to see if your business is making any money
1: yeah we're like we're number people, so I think we're always going to be but yeah. a bit biased yeah we, we need to know everything but yeah even from any other sort of component like if you especially if you're working with someone you need to know the difference mm. Like you need to know how much you're actually making what your tax sort of liability is don't wait till an accountant gets to it goes and processes everything creates their own separate ledger in order to you know figure out what you're making because the next conversation is when do you incorporate yeah and, and yeah do the same rulings apply as what we spoke about sole trader in my opinion yes mm. I think it's
2: a really good trial run if it's a small business as well whether it's a e-com shop or two friends getting together to start something it's a really good trial mm-hmm. if the business to see if the business is going to work because the barriers to entry and the startup costs are essentially zero you can yep. do it all mm-hmm. by yourself um, online so
1: hence the comment of the sole trader of
2: working with someone <laughs> else <laughs> exactly and the same thing as a sole trader is super So the super's not paid in the partnership and it's pretty much up to your discretion as a partner if you want to
1: pay your super on that distribution of partnership income. Spot on, spot on. And sort of double down on that as well is you can't pay yourself a wage from Mm. the partnership. Mm. There's no such thing as associated wages. Mm. Whatever money you draw out is treated as a distribution. Mm. There's no, you know, um, you know, director fees or, you know, any type of owner wages, even for exertion income, that doesn't exist in a partnership. Whatever funds you take out gets taxed in your personal return or whatever entity sort of yep. the partner is and gets taxed in that space. For sure, for sure.
2: And in terms of, I guess, some of the negatives or the da-
1: downfalls of partnerships, what do you think of the main couple there? I, I think same as sole Trader, the unlimited liability, yeah. where, You know, especially in a partnership because you're also liable for things that your partner does. Mm. Meaning that you also got to have trust within this partner as well that hmm. they're going to be operating the business with you, you know, in, a, in an ethical way. hundred percent. And you know. I think
2: it's really important when going into partnership with someone to know them on a personal level as well. Although, um, you know, business is business, it's really important that you know what what they stand for as a person because you don't want to go into partnership with someone who has some bad hobbies. To put it politely. Yeah. Because that can like we've seen it. I think everywhere I've worked, you've seen or heard that scenario of two people going into business and it just doesn't work out because someone has these extra extracurricular activities that someone else doesn't know about. And it can cause all different things. So I think it's really important. I don't want to dive too far <laughs> into that, but it's really important to them on a personal level and know what they stand for as a person.
1: What do you what do you think is the first mistake? those partnerships are made. So I'm talking about that, just the ones that have fallen out. What do you think the number one mistake was before as they were starting up? Because the intention was never to fall out mm. and it never is. What do you think their number one mistake was? Not being honest. If you have a problem, tell them you have a problem.
2: Um, I think honesty, yeah. yeah, and just hiding things. You see it happen, you hear about it, it, and it happens all the time. So just honesty, being honest, being open. If you've got, if you've got a problem, like talk about it like we like me and you like we do not always agree on everything but we we talk about
1: it and we work it out and I th- I th- going into the partnership you got to understand that you're not going to agree to everything yeah the same way you don't agree with everything with your partner or your, your life partner the same way you don't agree with your parents with your siblings yeah it's any type of relationship there are going to be conflicts yep and i think it's up to the partners on how those conflicts are for sure are
2: handled and it's better like if you if you're not going to disagree on things well What's the point of doing it with someone? I oh, don't do it by yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, Get 100% of the reward or 100% of the disaster if it doesn't yeah. work. Um, but going into partnership with someone and, – and look, this segment also applies to companies as well in terms of like having – The relationship The component. relationship component, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just so important that you bring something different to the table because that would help you grow so much quicker. Like as an example, if you've got um, – a e-commerce company mm. and it's e-commerce and both partners are they just know e-commerce there's no real added value there whereas if one of them is like a whiz on ads and the other person is great at designing the product and building the product like that is a fantastic combination spot on because there's value added from both sides mm. so i think it's really important when you are going into business with someone whether it's a partnership Whatever partnership it is, business, uh, company or, or partnership or trust uh, as well it can be, it's just important to know them on a personal level and know what they stand for, as well as their skill set, their current skill set.
1: Well, I think uh, unless this skill set is going to be beneficial, I don't think you should even be, be talking about partnership to begin with, mm. honestly. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, you know, tracking back a couple of comments on sort of the number one problem. I think it's transparency. Yeah. You no, know, at, at the end of the day, it's very exciting to start a business, whether... You know, you're not going to make any money for the next six months, but it's still very exciting, mm. and it's really easy to get caught up in that excitement. Mm. And the first thing, as soon as I got a new client or anyone, and I'm going, I'm doing this with someone else. The first thing I say is, we need to have a sit down mm. straight away. Yes, the first thing we're not even going to set up an entity. We're not going to do anything. We're not even going to talk about structuring bank accounts. Regards, we are need we everyone involved. needs to sit down, mm. and I like to host these meetings because because we've seen it so often, we can generally pinpoint key areas of concern and create a discussion about it because it's not about not having the conflict. That's not the whole purpose. It's about conflict resolution and how you're going to work through these issues and what those issues could be. One key example is, like I said, if someone's got um, bad hobbies, call them bad hobbies, Um, and they, they might need to draw more money than you. They might need to uh, you know let's you know let's not assume the bad let's say someone's got a mortgage
0: yeah of two million yeah, the yeah, other yeah.
1: person has a mortgage of one million the person with a mortgage of two million needs more money than the person with one million first conversation is well how do you feel about that how are we going to yeah combat that because that's, that's a, like they need the money yeah it's like that, that otherwise they don't have a roof over their head so mm. what do you do there sell your house
2: <laughs> <laughs> tell them to sell it <laughs>
1: No, 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 but yeah, like yeah, it, it's 100%. a very, it's a very valid, you know, conversation point. Yeah. And partner with the smaller loan can't get upset that the partner with the bigger loan needs more money. Mm.
2: And and that's where it's about having open communication and open com, um, communication lines yeah. as well. So
1: because a lot of these conversations aren't had openly. Yeah, like people going, oh, you know, they're taking five grand extra a month than I am. It's like, well, why? Oh, they got a mortgage and kids. Yeah, do you? No yeah
2: yeah it needs to be a conversation it needs to be a conversation yeah. that's probably the biggest like i know in in this series we're talking about the the tax and the like it's the legal component of some of these entities but i think in terms of partnerships whether it's joint directors joint shareholders trusts with multiple people involved like the the, cha- the biggest challenge is disagreements and overcoming those disagreements yeah. because you're dealing with different personalities um, that's probably the biggest disadvantage for for myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I think of a trust. Yeah, the unlimited uh, sorry, liability
1: and the yeah conflict conflict resolutions. You know, some people just don't deal with conflict very well. Yeah. Um, and I think in business, it's really important to take the emotional aspect out of conflict resolutions because you might be upset about something, but if there's a valid reason for it, mm. like sometimes you just need to accept. Yeah. The hard truth. A- and, and try
2: not to act on emotion.
1: Yeah. You know, if something's just happened, give it a day. Yeah. Two yeah, days. Yeah. Then talk about it. Yeah. Hundred percent. No, there's lots of little tips and tricks that people can use going into partnership and number one, transparency. Yeah. Be honest. Yep. Be honest. You got, you know, personal debts that you've never really told anyone about that you're, you know, you might be a little bit embarrassed about. Mm. If you go into business with someone, they need to know. Yeah. Cause that's got it that's going to impact them as well in terms of how much money needs to be drawn out because you obviously got repayments to meet um if you've got you know bad credit histories or whatever it may be and let's say you're got a black dot next to your name you can't mm. lend for call it four years your partner's probably going to need to know that as well because at one point in time you might need to scale you might need to finance something and that might be the reason why you can't that's right that's so true disagreement straight away number one and these are the little things and all, all, all it is is a conversation because if that conversation happens first and that problem arises later there's no conflict anymore it's yeah. all how do we solve this issue it's mm-hmm. not oh i'm upset at you because this has happened it's like oh well, i knew this i i knew this going into business with you yeah how do we solve it let's solve it together yeah spot on spot on
2: all right cool so i guess the second part of this podcast is joint ventures mm-hmm. and what they look like and i guess how they work they're not they're nowhere near as common as or in what we do in the small to medium enterprise space. Mm. Um, I guess maybe the higher end of medium enterprise that they are. Do you want to just give everyone a rundown of what a joint venture is and I guess how it's a bit different from a partnership? Yeah.
1: um, Full transparency, this is more of a commercial law Mm. um, area than it is sort of accounting. But, you know, I, I think it does get thrown around a lot. It does get mentioned a lot in more or less every single, you know, structuring video you might see in every single... Um, option point sort of when you're going in that structuring co- point of view this is a, a joint venture is when two people call it call it entities to whether it's a sole trader person or companies so, trust. so company company yeah so call it two two, two organizations Yep, want to work together for a short term yep right so this isn't like a long-term business venture this is this is a project that two organizations want to work on you know whether it's an r&d project for a new product whether it's Cadbury's testing a new chocolate (laughs) yeah they want to team up with someone else yeah yeah um they want to go into different markets that they haven't expanded before so for example you know going into a new area yep or going into a new field for example solo just went into the alcohol field have you had those they're delicious they are good, dangerously good <laughs> not promoting anything no <laughs> um but perfect example yeah so, so something like that they're going into a new field and they might need a help of someone that's already in that field yeah for a short period of time and they come up with an agreement yep. of so how it's going to work
2: Solo's providing the lemon juice and then smirnoff, a- smirnoff is yep. pro- whoever it is is providing the the alcohol
1: yeah so s- something like that yeah right? it could be a lot simpler than that as well but or more thing. complex yeah um <laughs> But more or less, it's uh, it's like a legal agreement yep. that's put together. The most common way is that there, it's an incorporated joint venture, meaning that there's been a separate company set up mm-hmm. to call it host or be the vehicle of this yep. joint venture. And that's sort of regulated by a custom shareholders agreement, which is where the lawyer or solicitor comes in to play because it is a separate agreement that the company will – run by it's not like a generic sort of company constitution that would be you know created by like a service provider this would be a custom shareholders agreement where both parties have sat down and gone through sort of more or less what's happening and generally speaking that's when we would get involved yeah we would get involved after the fact because we were then told what the agreement is the constitution how to track what track what revenue is whose what expenses is whose how the profit split's going to work yep and you know work from there yep um again like jordan said like uh, uncommon to see from the the small business yep. side of things not not the viewing away from sort of smes but small business as a whole you don't really see it that common um and i think the main reason it's uncommon is because the cost to do this is quite yeah. large yeah it's not true. you know? we don't we don't even offer this service mm. we we don't have this yep. as something that we do um it's a bit of a specialized area but i went sort of before. The, for the podcast, and had a quick look, sort of see who does specialize in it, because there are definitely people that do. And some of the competitors we're seeing the cost to even set up, and not including the setup, sorry, the ongoing accounting fees that would be incurred in preparing this is over thirteen thousand dollars a year. Far out. So there's a lot of reporting that needs to occur, not to an organisation, but within internally to be able to see the the results of this venture. Um, Which is why it's just a short-term thing, right? High cost, short period of time. There's obviously got to be some type of return or result. Mm. Um, That happens. But again, I think it all comes down to the brand. That's the only time it would be really worth it Mm. is if you've got a brand name and you're trying to do something and you need that goodwill from your brand to…
2: With another brand, combine resources. invent Something crazy.
1: Correct. Uh, Unless you've got a brand name that you're looking to expand with someone else… Or need a bit of assistance. It's not really worth it, in my yeah. opinion.
2: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's it's not common, um, especially in we don't really like you said we don't work with them. No JVs, um, no. more so the legal side of things as well. But yeah, I guess in in summary, um, partnerships. Think of think of it as a um, sole trader, so sole trader two. of two, <laughs> <laughs> sole, or more. Yeah, two or more because it can yeah. be as many. But you as also, also need
1: to fact I, I didn't mention this, but I think I think we should. Let's say for example There's a partnership of two And then all of a sudden And I call it Bob down the road Goes, oh, I love that idea I'd love to buy in mm. That For Bob To buy in Or to get in Introduced Your current partnership Dissolves It ends You cannot add Or remove people From partnerships Yeah you, Once there's A change Within that partnership You need to create A brand new one ABN changes, TFN changes. Whereas a company, you can add, remove, more or less, you know, as things happen commercially, but partnerships are solely between the two, you know, call the people involved. If one wants to get out, if the third wants to replace, get in, the one you're in dissolves, you need to create a new one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's another downfall, call it.
2: Yeah. I guess, yeah, in summary, think of it as a sole trader- times two. Uh, super easy to set up. There's minimal reporting. You've got separate TFN and separate ABN. So with that, you'd have to lodge a separate tax return. Um, and each each partner is responsible for the tax in that situation. Um, in the next episode, get a bit trickier in the trust space, because it's uh, there's a lot happening in that space at the moment. Mm-hmm. So in the next episode, we'll be talking about um, trusts. And then the episode after that, we'll be talking about companies if anyone has any questions about whether it's sole trader partnerships trusts or companies please please send them in and we will answer them um during the next couple of episodes Um, but yeah daniel thank you that was good
1: no that was fun that one
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the australian business podcast I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.